Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. One of the laws governing judges and how they operate in Jewish society comes up in the book of Devarim, in the Parsha that deals with judges, where it says, Do not take a bribe. And the reason given is, A bribe will blind the eyes of the wise. Which Shimshon Raphael Hirsch translates as, causes the words of the righteous to falter. The Torah states this unequivocally, that it is impossible to not be affected by a bribe. And so we find, for example, in the Gemara Ketubot, where it says, Even a very wise person, and that person takes a bribe, that person will not leave the world without having had their heart blinded. So you can see already a connection between the verse which said that a bribe will blind the eyes of the wise already that has moved to the heart. That this influence that the bribe had on the person penetrated to a deep level of self and affected how that person looks at the world. So the Torah is sure that a person cannot resist a bribe. And the commentaries are fairly sure that if you take a bribe, you won't notice the difference. You won't notice that you become inclined towards the person who gave you the bribe because it will reside in your heart in a deep place and not in your conscious mind per se. And so Rashi explains on that verse very clearly, once a person has received a bribe from another person, it is impossible not to incline one's heart towards that person to invert justice in that person's interest. And not only that, but the second part of the verse, where just and righteous words become twisted, says Rashi on that, words which are proper and accurate and right, true justice, so the bribe inverts those. It converts them into lies. So when I have been bribed and I hear something true, I'll hear it as false. There's certainly lots to talk about in terms of how this applies to judges and politicians and the way that money works in many systems, but it is also worthwhile for us to consider how this works on our own selves and how we allow money or the promise of money or the desire for money to affect our judgment and to make us blind to other issues. It's certainly not mine to judge anyone's situation and the choices anyone has to make outside of my own situation 
and the choices that I have to make. But I would suggest that it's important to simply notice how money enters into the equations and the choices that we make in our lives. What exactly is it doing? How is it pulling? What is the gravity of money and the possibility of having more money, the possibility of saving money? How is that gravity exerting itself onto the choices that we make? And what happens as a result? Before I or anyone goes into the brazen act of making a list of what qualifies as a bribe for our own personal selves and the choices that we make, I suggest that all of us simply notice as our choices come up what gravity is the consideration of money and its effects having on the choices that I'm making in this situation. And as Rashi suggests, and as we saw from the Talmud as well, this is going to require sensitivity. There's going to be a layer of our experience and our consciousness and the way our mind works, which is going to skip over or pretend that it's fine. There's nothing here that's trying to push me away or causing me to deviate from an ordinary sense of justice and of rightness and of truth. It's going to require a real sensitivity and honesty and vulnerability to tune in to the subtle layers of choice, the subtle sensitivities of the heart that are bending ever so slightly based upon the possibility of gaining financially from a situation. Do I smile at a person who has the means to make my life better in a way that I wouldn't smile at someone else? Do I resist the urge or the possible mitzvah or requirement to give negative feedback to someone who has money because I don't want to imperil my financial situation? Do I subtly bend the message of the classes that I give because I'm aware that there are financial ramifications of teaching something that people wouldn't find to be aligned with the current choices that they're making? Am I worried? Am I pulling back? Am I pulling punches in my books, in my writing, in my teaching, in my presence in the world? Because I'm aware that there are serious financial ramifications if someone doesn't like what I teach, even if it's true. Again, it's not simple. A person has to make a living. We find even that God allows Bilam, the sorcerer, to go and possibly even curse the Jewish people because God wants to allow Bilam to make a living. It's very real, very important that people have what they need in order to function in the world. And yet, it is also important that we become as sensitive as possible to the subtle winds of need and want for financial gain, for financial stability, for financial advancement. And it is also important that we recognize how we might be exerting those winds 
onto other people by letting them know that one way or another, if they displease us, there will be financial ramifications accordingly. And we cause other people to fall into that difficult and dangerous set of decisions between truth and financial stability and well-being. It's very difficult. I sincerely hope that I and others can quickly get our bearings in this issue because it's important. It's difficult to resist, sometimes difficult to identify, and important just the same. So again, I invite us at this time to simply be aware. And from there, hopefully, we can all make choices that'll be more in line with our values. I mean...